Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Today we have on Lee Harrington, and Lee is a repeat guest. He was on the podcast on January 12th, episode 7. If you haven't heard that episode, I recommend that you listen to it. Lee is now 57 years old, and he has passed the one-year mark when he was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. That happened on April 20th, 2021. At the time, his A1C was 11.2. He was able to reverse his type 2 diabetes, and he has been able to keep his type 2 diabetes in remission. His last A1C was at 5.8. At the time he was on the podcast originally, he had lost 50 pounds. He is still around the 50-pound mark. He is looking to lose more, and we'll get into that a little bit in the podcast. He has taken up strength training and more exercise, and as always, Lee has a very unique perspective on life and health. I think you'll get a lot out of this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Lee. I'm so happy to see you again. Hey, Lucy. I definitely wanted to, to speak to you again. I know you're... Are you past your one-year anniversary when you started yeah, fasting? April 20th of this year was a year from that time at the diabetes specialist where my A1C was 11.2, and I, I was told I was going to be put on well, they added trilicity, and then they were going to put me on insulin come July. But I got in gear, and that never had to happen. Yeah. So when I spoke to you the first time, it was in January. I can't remember exactly. So we've had another five, almost six months, whatever it was, to add to what's happened to you since then. And you've been really great about keeping up with your blog and just keeping everybody informed with how you're doing. When we spoke... You had lost around 50 pounds. You were doing an 18-6 intermittent yep. fasting protocol, doing low carb, no sugar, no grain. Has what is, has anything changed? Have you been doing sort of the same thing? Well, so I think when you and I talked, maybe I had done one five-day fast. So I originally talked to my doctor and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing a five-day fast. I was thinking of it like an annual cleanse. And he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Why don't you do that once or twice a month? <laughs> so, so I've been doing it once a month, not once or twice. And uh, so I'd only done it once. So now I've done it December, January, February, December, January, February, March, April. So I've done it five times. Oh. And it was scary at first because you didn't know what to expect. And then now it's like I start to look forward to it. I know that, sound, that might sound odd, but I feel better on my extended fast than any other time, like particularly by day four. By okay. Or my knees are just, I just feel like I don't even have arthritis. You know, I can, you know, walk, I, I have osteoarthritis in my knees. Energy levels are super high. I, I can feel, they talk about the mental clarity that you get. And there's a couple things I do where I could notice it. Like, you know, I don't go around, oh, I'm extra smart. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I can't feel it. But, Man, I'm playing a uh, virtual table tennis, and boy, 
man, my, I am on. My ability to concentrate on that ball, I mean, it's just something I could tell. But how I feel is great. So usually by the end of the fast, I'm like, oh, glad that was over, you know. And then after about a week, I'm, I'm recovered from how hard, because it is hard. It's, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's easy. It's just not as hard as people might think. But it's um, not I remember I was listening back to your prior episode and you had only, you'd done one, I think. And you were saying that on day four, you were just really, really struggling and you were just white knuckling yeah, it toward that, the that end. that time it was. I, I think after the second time, so by the third time, I haven't really had a, you know, a white knuckle, you know, just really holding on. And they're cravings, they're not hunger. And, you know, there's, there's a, there is a difference. It's the way I describe it now. It's like going to the movie theaters and not ordering popcorn or, or a drink. And just sitting there watching the movie, it just feels wrong. You want to have your drink and you want to eat the popcorn because that's what you do with the movies. Or if someone said, Lee, you got to go without your iPhone, without TV, without your computer for a whole week, right? To me, that would be just as hard because it's, you know, habit more than anything else. But, you know, I do feel better. So actually my wife, she's come along too. So at first she was very worried for me about it. And matter of fact, just this morning, she said, so when are you fasting this month? You know, and, and so it's not scary to either one of us anymore. And, and yet, so you mentioned my weight. It's the last time we talked. So it's the same weight I am now. It's like, how can I be the same weight if I'm fasting five days once a month plus the, the 18.6? But really, when I started the strength training, which was after our talk, and the weight loss just kind of stopped. Now, coincidence? I don't know. I mean, I'm not like eating things that I shouldn't eat beyond the, the norm. You know, I mean, I, I'm not someone who has a 100% all the time mindset anyway, but I'm just saying, you know, it's not like I'm pigging out and that's why I'm not losing weight. But for whatever reason, it, uh, I'm not, you know, I mean, I lose it and then come back and I lose it, you know, when I'm on the fast, I'll go down to, so right now I'm at, at 285, say. In my fast, I'll get down to 273. Right now, I understand that's not all, you know, fat loss, right? You know, it's all the contents in your digestive. It's the water. So typically, 80% of that comes back within a day or two. But then it will still creep up depending on the water gods, as I call it. So, but yeah, I am in a bit of a stall. If it goes on much longer, I'll start to, to review, you know, what am I doing? But I'm feeling so much better on so many other metrics that it's it's not, you know, you're always w wondering when do you when do you have to change tactics, right? Because right. just because something worked yesterday doesn't mean it's the right thing today, right? And yet your body does take time, and it's mysterious no matter you know what you do. Um, for example, I, I had my you know A1C checked; it's down to five eight. Oh, great. Uh, so I haven't been on any diabetes meds since last July. Uh, Fantastic. And my I, A1C was 11.2. Now, I say no meds. I do take berberin, and I do take a, a product called Curalin. But that's the hard, the, the, the most of it is I'm not eating that much sugar, and I'm exercising, and I'm fasting. That, those are the, the big levers. But my triglycerides and HDL really haven't budged, right? When you're on a low-carb diet, your triglycerides are supposed to drop like a rock. I mean, that's one of the, you read all the books, that's one of the things is, you know, don't worry about your LDL, worry about your triglycerides divided by your HDL. Of course, mine is bad. I mean, I, 
you know, I look at me, I have heart disease, right? It's, it's, I, I haven't had a heart attack or a stroke yet, but I'm hopefully pulling back from the precipice of, of, but, but I'm not surprised that, but interestingly, my total cholesterol has come down and is under, it's a normal level. And my LDL has come down from, you know, way high to barely elevated. And, And those are the two metrics that most low carbers are taught Stop worrying about that. Stop worrying about it. Yeah, your cholesterol is going to be high, but you know, LDL is fluffy LDL. I mean, all the things that you know you learn. And for me, it's just weird that the two metrics that doctors, like a doctor, would look at me at that and say, "Wow, I'm really happy." For, or not my doctor. He, he's he's in the know. But you know, what I'm saying the traditional statin pushing doctors would be happy with that progress. But I'm still looking at one the 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 circumference thing, right? I still have a big gut. Well, can you talk about your measurements for a second? Because you, you, sure. your measurements are down, right? Even... Year, so again, if I go a year ago, yeah, right, they're down eight and a half inches around my waist. So that's awesome. But so I talk about the, the weight stop. So in February, I hadn't lost any weight from January. And that was the first month where I hadn't lost weight. But in that same month, I lost an inch and a half. Right. So I didn't lose any weight, but I lost an inch and a half. So, you know, you're feeling happy. Well, since then, the, in, the inches in that particular spot have not gotten any smaller. But what's happening is, you know, you get that overhang when you're morbidly obese. My overhang is lifting. <laughs> you know, I'm seeing parts of my body that I haven't seen <laughs> without lifting. So, you know, there's good things. My, my resting heart rate was 59 this past week. I mean, it was it was like in the 80s and 90s as, as a resting heart rate. And it's been in the 60s for a while. So I, you know, I looked up a chart. <clears throat> I'm in the healthy range with my resting heart rate. I'm feeling better. I mean, I can tell the way I can walk because, again, I had osteoarthritis. So I'm doing the strength training. So my legs, muscle, leg, muscles in my legs are, are stronger. I can squat and I can lunge, you know, with the exercises that I do. So there's so many ways that I am doing better that I'm trying to just be happy with that level of progress. Like I'm happy with the lifestyle. The difference between a diet and a lifestyle is happiness, in my opinion, right? If if what you're doing is something you only intend to do for a short time or for a particular result, that's a diet. If what you're doing is this is how I plan to live, that's a way way of eating. So I'm happy with my way of eating at the moment and two meals a day, sometimes snack in the middle between those two meals, but don't snack after the last meal. That's sometimes more aspirational than, than reality. But, and what I eat, I mean, you know, meat, fish, non-sarcy veggies, you know, the, the, my wife and I have, you know, have gotten into a groove. We enjoy it. We are able to, to sustain it. So yeah, I met, I met that bubble between, gosh, it's been a while since I've really seen the weight loss. Maybe I should do something more. What do you want to lose, would you say? Oh, gosh, I got a good 65 more to go. Okay. I mean, I'm still, I'm no longer morbidly obese, but I'm just under that. I mean, I'm quite fat. So um, my hip, my waist to height ratio is still in the danger zone. My calcium artery score, uh, whatever that thing's called, is way in the danger zone. Now, there's, from what I understand, nothing you can do about that except 
work to keep it from getting you know worse. Um, so you know, the diabetes again, you have it for life, right? You're type one. Something's wrong with your pancreas. Yeah, I'm never getting it back. Yep. Mm -hmm. But for somebody like me, diabetes is just a m marker on the way to complete metabolic health, right? And it it takes decades of having poor metabolic health until you get to the diabetic level, right? So I'm below the diabetic level, but I got a long recovery to keep healing, you know, because I, I want to heal it all to the extent that I can. Uh, people ask uh, on the arthritis forms, you know, about uh, uh, getting the knee surgery, knee replacement surgery. And of course, my ortho recommended that. Maybe I have to, but I'm going to lose my weight first and I'm going to continue to get fit first. You know, I was thinking like when I asked my current doctor, he, he's like, wait till you get to 250 pounds and then, well, then we'll talk again. Oh, God, I've been at in the, <laughs> the low 280s for like four months now. But, you know, that that's like, I'm no longer working on diabetes. I'm no longer a diabetic, right? Now, I know that that's the funny time. Oh, once a diabetic, always diabetic. It's like being an alcoholic. I think of it like, it's like being fat. If you lose weight, you can gain it back, right? But it doesn't happen to you. It's not like you're going along and boom, oh, doggone it. I got the fat again. You know, it, it, it's, it's, you bring it back. Right, so, yeah, and you have control over it, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I consider like, you know, they, talk, they call it being pre-diabetic, which is a horrible, I wish they would come up with a better name because that makes people think, oh, I'm not in trouble yet, right? But no, no, you're in trouble. Like you're developing heart disease. Even if you never get to diabetes, you're developing all the things. Um, so I, I now call myself post-diabetic. Like, because you're pre-diabetic because you're on the way to being diabetic. So now I'm back to the pre-diabetic level, but I call it post-diabetic because I'm on my way to normal. How do you, uh, are you still, because last time we spoke, you were using the CGM and you were monitoring your blood sugars all day long. Are you still doing that? Oh, uh, yeah, you are. You still have your Libre uh, on your arm. Well, I go... Sometimes I go two weeks on, two weeks off. Mostly, well, it's expensive, and I've got my diet dialed in, right? The for me, this like again, I'm not a type one. I'm not going to, you know, and my blood sugars are under control. So um, if I go eat at McDonald's, my blood sugar will go up, but it'll, but it'll come back down. I'm not going to go in the hospital one way or the other. So the I don't have the emergency need. You know, and the reason that you have one is to respond to it, at least in my opinion. You have one to respond to it. Um, and if you've got your, you know, I got my diet dialed in. However, I like having it. I, I, I just, you know. It's uh, useful, right? It gives you a lot of good information. It's Actually. Useful. It's kind of like a, it's like a wife that nags you, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you you like having your wife, and yeah, she tells you when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So I, I do like it. I don't need it anymore, though, to be honest. I don't. Um, I, I almost like it so that when I write blog posts or about this or that excursion, that I have the graphs from my from my uh, CGM. So to give an example, one of the debates again, people debate, you know, are you always a diabetic? And I'm trying to give people hope, right? Um, so. You, you mentioned that in the pre-show, we talked about the concept of a cheat meal. 
I don't believe in cheat meals, not because I don't eat things I'm not supposed to eat, but I don't call it cheating. One, I'm a grown-ass man. I can eat what I want. But I'm a, an adult. I'm going to suffer the consequences for my choices, right? So the concept of cheating to me means that somebody else is making rules for you, right? People ask, well, can a diabetic eat X, Y, Z? And, and again, they're thinking like it's a rules mindset, right? And I don't have that. I, ha I have a results mindset. Um, so I went uh, and intentionally had a meal at Culver's. And, you know, I had the burger melt and I had the cheese curds and I had large cheese fry and a strawberry milkshake. Now, I knew that my blood sugars were going to go up, right? Um, but they went up to, I think, right around 180 and they were down in two hours. That's a normal person's response to a meal like that. Last year, when I first got the CGM, one of the first things I did is I went to McDonald's and uh, I had a burger and fries and a, a small Diet Coke. I always drink Diet sodas. Like most fat people, I drink Diet sodas. Um, and yet, my blood sugar went to 400, right? And I couldn't get a reading under 200 for weeks, not because of that one meal, but because that's just where I was. Um, so, and that was on glipicide, metformin, and trulicity. That was an eye-opening moment. That was the, because I thought I was eating in moderation because I didn't get the burger and the, the nuggets or the burger and the 20-piece nuggets. You know, I mean, I didn't get the size eating salad, right? So, uh, but that was a clue in that I wasn't going to change my diet slowly, that I needed to get right on it because I knew how to eat well. Can you talk about, I love your blog post where you're talking about, it's like a, a clogged sink having diabetes. Right. Do you want to, can you, well, can you talk about that? Well, that comes from, from uh, Dr. Jason Fung, uh, uh, who wrote the diabetes code. So I, I don't want to take credit for the analogy, but think of like your sink in the bathroom and you got teenage daughters and they got their hair. I'm always blaming them. It's never my fault. Um, but the sink won't drain very fast. And if you put the, the water on full, it'll, it'll overflow. But if you just put the water on a trickle, so that is your, I'm going to call it your sugar rate, okay? And your tolerance for sugar, your sugar rate, is going to be different than mine, okay? And that's where people start arguing what you can and can't eat. Well, what is your sugar rate? So I went and I had, you know, I had the burger, I had the fries, and I had the, the milkshake and the cheese curds, but I could handle it. But not told that story was I hadn't eaten anything for 18 hours before that. So my sink had had time to drain. And then after that, I went on a walk and then I didn't eat for another 18 hours. Right. So, you know, I, I, I gave time for my body to process that sugar. Now, I still don't think that's the best thing to do. That's a treat. It's a treat meal, not a cheat meal, or I call it a meal of indulgence. You know, and if I do that once in a while, I can handle it. But if I had cereal with milk, orange juice, toast and jam for breakfast, uh, a foot long sub with chips and a Coke for lunch and pasta, garlic bread and another Coke for dinner and then ice cream for dessert all on the same day, 
man, my sugar is going to go way high and stay high. And if I eat that way regularly, I'll become a diabetic again. So that's, that's the, you know, that's the, I think it's a mental health practice to occasionally indulge. Like if you have this mindset, I could never again have a slice of pizza. To me, that's the, you know, people are, oh, life is not worth living. Now I say that I am not a sugar addict at the level some people are. I do think there's probably some people that it really is like alcoholism. And if they, if they do indulge, then they binge and they, they go off the rails for three months. Like, if that's you, then don't, don't do what I do. But I'm the kind of guy I can treat myself, accept the consequence, and sometimes maybe have you know two meals in a row. But that's it. So far, it's never been more than a weekend. Do you feel um, after you do that, are you excited to get back to your regular eating? Like, do you feel kind of like gross afterward or? You know, that's a great question. I, I have not lost my, my taste for all my favorite foods. And some people say, oh, I can't even stand ice cream anymore. Really? Oh, I still like it. <laughs> you know, all the food I've ever loved, I still love. Like if someone gave me a Doritos, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, that's not good. Oh, I, I still like it. I think for me, it's simply about, I like how eating well feels, right? Like I, I mentioned that I start looking forward to that monthly fast. It's really weird, but I'm not looking forward to the not eating. I'm looking forward to how good I'm going to feel. I'm looking forward to watching that weight drop. I'm looking forward to seeing my uh, um, ketones go, you know, way into the therapeutic level sometimes, Um it's the only time I experience that. I am not in ketosis all the time. You know, I, I must not eat low enough carbs for, for my sink. Right? That's when people say, well, how many carbs a day? Well, how big is your sink? Or, you know, what's, what's your sink's rate? Maybe, maybe 100 carbs a day is all you need is to, to, to eat and you can still heal, right? Because you didn't break your body as much as I broke mine, you know? And that's what I said when you say, hey, you're still in a stall. Maybe I need to go carnivore for a month or whatever and break that stall. Or maybe instead of my five-day fast, maybe it needs to be a seven or a 10-day. You know, that's one thing that Jason Fung talks about. One of the benefits of fasting is that you can always turn up the volume. You know, you, you, you can't, once you get to eating zero carbs, there's no fewer than zero, right? But you can keep fasting. Well, you eat, you do 18-6 now, so you eat two meals a day, essentially, right? I do eat two meals a day. So, again, I could go OMAD. You could do OMAD, yeah. I could do, I mean, like I said, there's lots of things I could do, but I'm in right now, I'm in a lifestyle that I enjoy, right? And, and I'm making considerable progress on other metrics. And so, you know, part of me is you're trying to wait it out. And part of me, because like last month I did, I was intending to do a seven-day fast. And then something in life happened and it ended up being a four-day fast. And, and by the way, I'm okay with that. That's the other thing I tell people. You can't fail fasting. You can end the fast, but you can't fail the fast because you're doing everything you're doing, you're doing for yourself, working it for yourself. So if you set a goal to fast for five days and you make it two, you made it two. You know, that's awesome. It, 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 it's really... Can like, you tell me... Can you tell me why you ended your fast early? I'm just curious because there are reasons why people do end their fast no, early, and you're right. You shouldn't. I, I was not physically ill or anything, so it had nothing to do with that. It's just if I tell you this, this first of all, it's not my story, but it's just you know life stress thing. I, 
Could I have continued to fast? Absolutely. Did I want to continue to fast? No, I didn't. Do I feel bad? And that's when I, get, I don't. Like I, when I have a, I call it an off-plan meal or a meal of indulgence, I, I don't beat myself up because I know that I'm in this for life. It's, it's about doing the best things most of the time. Like, you know, I'll still, I'll still, you know, my goodness, I still have diet soda. And it drives some people crazy when they see a picture. Don't you know? Yeah, I know all, I know all the, the things that people say. It's just way down on my list of things I, I worry about. Sometimes I put, well, anytime I have stir fry, so far I'm still using the store-bought sauces, right? I know they got sugar. I know they have bad oils, you know, but it's not that much and it's not that often. So I, I don't, but at some point when, when you're not making the progress you want to make, now you have to revisit some of those things that you allowed yourself to do. But I, I definitely don't have the rules mindset that doesn't fit me. I really like the, I love, I don't know if you heard of Vinny Tortorich. Uh, uh, he's got a podcast, books, and he's now into making um, uh, documentaries. I've been listening to him for years. I cannot participate on the forum on Facebook where his fans are because they go nuts if they see anything that doesn't, you know, directly align with, with what Vinny says you should or should eat. And yeah, I'm a big fan of the show, and his thinking has totally shaped how I think. But I don't, I'm not a purist. I never have been. And when you start really fat, you don't have to be, you know, because you, you've been eating so bad for so long that just starting to clean up. I mean, that's, it's kind of like the Weight Watchers approach. And, and I say that knowing that it's going to trigger some, some people. But I like some of the things I learned. I don't believe in calorie in, calorie out, which is basically the foundation of it. But that doesn't mean everything that they do is valueless, right? They... What I learned from them that I liked is start where you are and make steady incremental progress. So if you're 336, if you eat like a 320 pound man, it's a lot. It's more than anybody should eat. But guess what? You're going to start losing weight. But as you get closer to that 320, now you got to eat like a 310 pound man. So now you got to eat like a 300 pound man. Again, that's somewhat about calories in, calories out, and long term, that's that's a loser proposition. But the, but the idea of making incremental improvement is not, you know, and that's yeah. where if you try to change all of your eating all at once, a lot of people will just say, I'd rather lose a foot. Yeah, because, it's really hard for some people to do. I get yeah. it completely. I think you're right on that. A hundred percent. It's better. Yeah, I have a, I used to have a swim partner and he used to say 50% of something's better than a hundred percent of nothing. And it's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, so when I, you know, I tell that story about the McDonald's and my sugar hit the 400. Well, that's why I went so radical on my diet right away. That's why the CGM helped, you know, because it, it told on me, right? And so uh, I consider it, but I know everyone can't get them, right? I know either they, they, their doctor won't prescribe them or their insurance won't cover them and they're expensive. So I'm not trying to tell people that can't get them. There's always something that you can't afford. Well, you can always do finger sticks whenever you want before and after but meals. I'm telling you, if you, yeah. if you can get one of these, it really is a, a game changer. But I had learned to cook 10 years ago. So, I mean, we had talked that I had lost all the weight before. So a lot of those lessons were just there. I'd already trained myself. I knew about low-carb eating. I knew what foods were low-carb and what foods weren't. I just wasn't applying it. So that 
I actually got more radical about the diet than, you know, I didn't slowly, but, but I didn't, you know, again, I just don't have a perfectionist mindset about it, you know, and I couldn't do more than walk at first, right? So that's all I did. But I also don't have the mindset, well, as long as I walk, you know, 3,000 steps or 5,000 steps or 10, whatever it is, then I'm doing good enough. No, you're not, right? If that's all you can do, do that and be happy with your progress. But eventually that's not progress, right? And so, you know, that's that incremental change. So like if you're on the couch, then getting up and walking around the block is an incremental good change. And I would never want to belittle somebody and say, oh, that's not enough, right? Because then they won't do anything. But if you've been walking around the block for a year, you know, time to squat or two or, or, or what have you, because you have to push your body to make it respond. Your body, you have to try to do something with your body that your body doesn't want to do. You know, there's a fancy phrase for that, but forgetting it for the moment, but I'll just say those words. You had to do something your body didn't want to do, and your body says, man, I couldn't do that. So then it kicks off a lot of changes so that the next time you try, you can do a little bit more, right? And so that's what I've been doing for a year. And that's why, like, if I, if I compare myself to a year ago, oh, God, it's just... There's progress on every metric. But at some point, I got to stop saying I've lost weight for 50 pounds because that sounds great. But last time we talked, I said it was 15 pounds, and now it's, you know, four months later, right? So, you know. Uh, well, you've added I, the I strength training. But, but the point yeah. that I'm getting at is that it's a life, right? You, you know, I'm not striving to not be diabetic. I'm striving to be healthy. I've had two people I know die of heart attacks in the last month. You know, people my age. And, you know, my wife is in tears. And she's not crying because this person, we know more of them than knew them. But every death of somebody in my age. So what's your age range again? I'm 57. 57, okay. Yeah, so you're seeing other people around you dying of heart issues and you're, you're worried, understandably. Yeah, I mean, my wife freaks out and cries and, and don't die. And, you know, I'm like, well, I'm trying not to, honey. But that's the reality. I mean, that's that's what we're facing. Diabetes is a killer. Or I'm going to say there's a metabolic syndrome is a killer, of one of which the ways it kills you is, is diabetes. A lot of things that we say diabetes does, it's really metabolic syndrome that does it. And uh, I came up with a new analogy on uh, insulin, insulin resistance. So... If you go into a room, like let's say you go to a teenage boy's room, right? It stinks. But if you've been in there a while, it doesn't stink anymore, right? Your nose has become smell resistant, right? As long as you stay in that room with that stench, you, you, you're, you're nose blind. You leave the room, sensitivity to smell returns. You go back in the room and it's like, oh my God, what's going on? Well, that's a, what insulin resistance is like, right? Your body produces a lot of insulin. And then here's why the fat cells become resistant. But not every part of your body becomes resistant, right? So your body is producing more insulin. Push that sugar into those cells, right? I don't want no more sugar. Meanwhile, your arteries are getting that same loud. And so now I'm switching from smell to a loud sound, okay? So now insulin is a loud sound, but your, your fat cells put on earmuffs, 
I'm not listening to insulin, okay? Meanwhile, your arteries are being shouted at. Your, your reproductive organs are being shouted at. Your brain is being shouted at. Your heart is being shouted at, right? And they're being damaged by the loud insulin sound, okay? So I've gotten below the diabetes level, but there's still a lot of shouting going on. And that's why I continue to push hard. And, and, and I'm, because I've been doing this for a year, I'm able to exercise. Like I don't count walking as exercise. Walking is activity. It's healthy activity. I'm not putting it down in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying though, you gotta get your blood heart rate up and you gotta stress your muscles in ways that make them respond to get, you know, get bigger. So how do you do that? So I, I added, you heard of a, an Oculus, it's like a VR headset? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. I got one because I saw an ad, they have this app called Supernatural. And it's like you're standing in the world's most beautiful places, like Machu Picchu or on the long riverbank. I mean, and it looks real. I mean, it feels like you're there. And there's a coach and they're talking to you. And then you got these lightsabers and you got these orbs that are coming out in your... All you're really doing is waving your arms and squatting and lunging. But what you feel like you're doing is standing in a beautiful place and there's great music and there's all kinds of music to choose from. And when I started, I couldn't get through the low-level workouts. And I could barely squat and barely lunge. Like, I almost fell over a couple times. Just this uh, week or two ago, I finished a high-level intensity workout all the way through. I mean, I am swinging and swinging. My heart rate's into the 140s, right? But that's a, that, well, that's since last August. And then this January, I had a strength training. So I go to this place. It's all isokinetic. So I'm on these machines. I'm not actually lifting the weights or going up like on a pulley. It's more like a, a piston and it's putting, you know, constant pressure. And I do that twice a week for 20 minutes. And again, just enough to kick off those, those, processes and it's done in such a way that it's not likely to injure me right because that's you know but i can tell i can tell how i walk i can tell like one of my last year when i in my blog i made three goals to get off all the insulin meds and and have a non-diabetic a1c through lifestyle that's been achieved two was to get down to a healthy weight. Right now, my goal is 215. That's not achieved yet. And three was I wanted to be able to exercise vigorously for an hour. Like, I don't want to run a marathon, you know, but I, I just want to be able, like, like, to me, that's like, I could want to be able to play basketball. I want to be able to, you know, and just this week, I, I played um, table tennis. It's still virtual, but trust me, it's the same thing in terms of the exercise portion. Uh, and then I did some Beat Saber, which is another really cool game. And then I, I bowled a few frames. And then I did the supernatural high intensity workout. And then when I was done, I looked at my watch. It had been a minute and 15. So, you know, that's what I meant by saying, even though the weight loss hasn't been great this quarter, you know, I continue to get more fit. You know, Hour and 15, right? Yeah. The, the machines that I'm on, it's all computerized. And so I can see practically every time I'm there, I hit a new record. 
Now, again, I started really weak, right? So I'm not even strong yet. But, you know, it's incremental improvement. And this week, I, when my wife and I went for a walk for, for Mother's Day, and we went for a three-mile walk for an hour. I had no problem. And at the end, we walked up this grass hill. I couldn't even walk on grass a year ago. Like, I'm a, like a drunken toddler on the sidewalk. You know, just my knees weren't, weren't great. And all the time, I thought it was arthritis. But what it was, was weakness. You know, the arthritis cut back my activity. And when you don't use your muscles, your body goes, oh, you, know, you don't need these. Right? And, and now I can, you know, climb a hill on the grass. Amazing. Tell me something, because when I was listening back to your prior podcast, you were saying that exercise was raising your blood sugar. Is that still the case? Um, depends. So walking doesn't anymore, but anything that's high intensity will, but that's what it's supposed to do. I mean, you have two stores of sugar in your body. You have your liver and you have your muscles. Your muscles are very stingy like your liver, that's the battery. Anytime you're not eating sugar for a long enough time, your liver goes, okay, here's some sugar, here's some sugar. And it really screws up you up in the morning, right? Because you're waking up, the cortisol goes up and, you know, uh, and you're like, why is my blood sugar so high in the morning? That question is asked a million times a day. Anyway, that's your liver. Your muscles never do that. Like if you're fasting, your muscles are never going to release sugar and say, oh, you're, you're low in sugar, we'll get some of the muscle. When you do a high intensity, you know, strength training type exercise, that's when your body says, okay, I'm going to use some of the, some of the sugar in my muscles. Yeah. So, Cause I thought, I found it interesting when you were saying that, cause you were saying walking was increasing your blood sugar, which for type ones and stuff, it, it brings it down pretty quickly. I'm sure that's probably what's happening to you now. Well, right. In other words, I was so out of shape yep. that walking was considered a high intensity exercise. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, totally. Makes that, sense. That explains it. Yeah. Yeah. But I try to tell people, I call it playing blood sugar games, right? Mm -hmm. What do I eat at night before I go to bed so I can have a better blood sugar eating in the morning? You know, if you have peanut butter before you go to bed, that's blood sugar games. If you're not so high that you're going to go to the hospital and you're not so slow, so low that you're going to stroke out and, and die, go to coma and die, right? Don't worry about your blood sugar. Hear me out. Worry about your insulin resistance. Cure that, the blood sugar takes care of itself. And what that means is, do you know why when you eat something, your blood sugar can go down? Why is that? Because your body says, oh my God, I got all this sugar. Let's, let's crank up the insulin. Like, again, your, your body Yeah, my, I'm like, for me, that doesn't work, yeah, but yes. I that, that means, <laughs> yes, I can if I take too much insulin. Same right. as with you, if your right. body produces too much insulin. Yes, correct. too much insulin. But people are thinking, eating crackers lowered my insulin. No, I mean, lowered my sugar. Well, like, yes, but you got to that low sugar because you ate so much sugar, your body says, oh my God, there's a sugar emergency. Let me crank up the insulin. Yeah, totally, yes. So I try to tell people, you know, there's three things that heal insulin resistance. Don't eat sugar. That's leaving the stinky room. That's giving your body some time away from the shouting of insulin. Two, when you do eat, eat a very low carb diet. Three, strength training. 
those are the things that heal insulin resistance. Because the strength training, a couple things. One, you actually burn those sugar out of your muscles. So guess what? Now the sugar, the next time you eat sugar, it's got more places to go because you've depleted your muscle. It's going to top, top it back up. Two, your muscle gets bigger. The muscle gets bigger, two good things happen. They take more energy to keep running. So less of the food you eat goes into making fat. Less of the food you eat makes your body go, oh my God, I have a sugar emergency because your body's using more. And two, it's a bigger battery, right? It's a bigger place to store. I know of no other way to heal insulin resistance, you know? So those are the things to work on. You know, the fasting, super helpful. The, the not eating sugar, because people are like, oh, I, I, I drank orange juice and my sugar went up to, you know, what have you, what can I do? You know, insert anything for orange juice, right? That, that comes, you know, comes a lot. And, you know, my answer is sugar you don't eat doesn't need to be managed, right? Sugar you don't eat doesn't take insulin, right? Sugar you don't eat doesn't need metformin. You know, um, so, so that's why the less we eat of it, the less we have to take, you know, the less, like even for you, uh, and again, I've been listening to you, you benefit as a type one, even though you always still have to take it, so you can take less. Yeah, and then less insulin, less room for error, exactly. Less insulin, well, less insulin, less room for error, less cost, and you still have that shouting problem, right? So you take insulin, it's like, what's there to worry about? I have, I'm rich, and I can afford all the insulin I need, you know? Well, because you're shouting at the rest of your body. You're again, this is where we're exactly the same. High insulin hurts you exactly the same way the high insulin hurts me. Because your fat cells got the earmuffs on, la, 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 I'm not listening. And your arteries and your brain and your, your reproductive organs and, you know, every part of your body can respond to insulin. Every part of your body does not get insulin resistant at the same rate. So that when your body is like tightly controlling your sugar and your blood, it will prioritize that and hurt other parts of the body because you'll die, it'll take you longer to die. Right? If you don't control the immediate sugar, too much, you die. Too little, you die. Your body is really, really, you know, keen <laughs> to control that. But yeah, those are so for the type one, type two doesn't matter. You wanna fast, you want to eat low carb and, and you want to exercise and build up your muscles. Yeah, no, that's, 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 no, that's correct. That's, that's the way to do it. That's the way to manage it. I have a question for you, which didn't come up last time. I don't think. So your doctor is really pushing the longer fast and yeah. he's, and he's pushing, he also doesn't want you on medication, right? Or. So I found such a doctor, right? So is, I, is this a different doctor than before? Not the one that, that, that told me diabetes wasn't my fault, you know, Oh, yeah, because that was a, okay. So when did you find this new doctor? Uh, I found him. It was before, like maybe October, Novemberish. Okay, all right. Because I talked to him for sure about my week fast in, in, in December. I, I found him on DieDoctor.com. Yeah, they have a Doctor Finder feature, and so he knows who Jason Fung is. He's been at the conferences, the, the low carb conferences. He's been asked to speak, but he, this is not what he's wanted to do. 
when you go into his office, he's got a reading list tacked to his wall. You know, the diabetes code, lies my doctor told me, the great cholesterol myth. That's great. Know, a couple others. He expects his patients to read those books. You know, uh, so yeah, I, I feel really grateful to have found, I mean, he, he's not teaching me things I didn't know because I read those books, right? But it's so nice to be able, because, you know, people are like, oh my God, fasting's going to kill you. It's so dangerous. Oh, my doctor told me to do it, right? Even though the first doctor who told me to do it was a doctor in a book, I was Dr. Fung, but no, I actually have a real life, knows me, sees my, sees my, all my vitals and, you know, he is my insurance paid for medical plan, part of the hospital system, doctor. Fantastic. Um, but, you know, I think he takes a risk because it's not the standard, it's not the standard of care. You're telling people to my plate and eat six small meals and 30 carbs per meal and 15 carbs per, per snack. That is the standard of care. Telling people to fast for five days is not. So if I had a heart attack, you know, he, he's, he's, it wouldn't be his fault. It'd be what I did for 30 years beforehand. I'm just saying that I, I think he's brave for, you know, absolutely. So what does he say? You know, cause he was basically the one that said, try doing the five day fast every single, did he say every single month or you decided to do it every once or twice month? a month? Again, my original concept of this was a end of year cleanse. Yeah. Because again, I'm extremely fat. I'm still extremely fat. Right. If someone were to meet me today, they would say that dude is really fat. Right. Cause they wouldn't have known that I was even fat. I know people try to be, I tell the story. People try to be all, oh, yeah, no, I really am. I can see I'm not blind. Sometimes I don't have clothes on. I can see myself. Trust me. I'm really fat and that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm not a valuable person. It doesn't mean I don't deserve, you know, healthcare and everything, every other good thing in the world, but fat is fat. And I am stocked to the gills. I could, you know, the guy that went for a year, without eating, like 380 days, he was only 100 pounds heavier than me at my, at my height, okay? So I could go easily six months and oh. not eat. I'm not going to. That's not how I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's but, a lot, yeah. But I'm just saying that I'm trying to help people understand when you're not eating, that doesn't mean you're going without nourishment. You've already ate and your body stored it away. I'm eating the food I've already eaten. I'm eating the fat I've already stored up. I am not going without food. I'm going without eating. I'm not going without food. I have plenty. Matter of fact, now that my belly is lifted up and I see areas of my body that I haven't really looked at in a long time, I got fats on my fat. It's like having double chin on your double chin. You know, I got fat underneath my armpit. Just big old blob of fat. You know, I, I have a lot to lose. And that's okay. I mean, that's just where I'm at. But when, when people are like, why are you fasting? I, I try to tell people, I only do what I have to do. If I could eat everything in moderation and, and turn my health around, why would I fast? Yeah. You know, if I could eat 200 grams of carbs a day and get healthy, who wouldn't do that? I'd love to, to eat rice regularly. You know, I'd love for potatoes to be something more than just a treat. So I do what I'm working and everyone's got to do it. You have to figure out what you need to work out. And you may not have to be as extreme, not you, but your listener may never have to be as extreme as me. Some of you might need to be more. 
you know, what, whatever it is, you, you, I'm a problem solver, right? I have problems that I've ignored. I've been negligent. Like I, I tell people, I don't have a disease. I have a consequence, right? I mean, I wasn't born with muscular dystrophy. I don't have spina bifida, right? I have a disease brought on by my actions. And yes, I can blame the food industry, yada, yada. And that's all true. But if me making my own choices can reverse the, the health situation I'm in, that means it was my responsibility all along. So, you know, I have a lot of work to do. If you're like, again, you don't have nothing like the weight I have. You probably shouldn't fast for five days. I don't think I could on, well, I mean, I guess I could, but I, I, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a race. It's not like I'm better than somebody who only fasts 18, six or a person who fasts 18, six is more awesomer than the person who does 12 hours. It's like you work with your body, you're working for, for health, right? Uh, we can learn from each other. We can inspire each other. I think what I want most for people to learn from me is how I think. Because yeah. the solutions I come up with are not necessarily appropriate for them. Yeah, I, I no. don't tell people about my supplements. I mean, I, I, I have supplements out the I mean, Yeah, I, have, I see. You have a lot. I have, I have so many that I, I got this. Like, this is one day's worth. Oh, wow. Yeah, you and have a like lot. Morning, noon, and night. I never tell people about them other than the two. I, I tell people about Purulin and Berberin because my CGM proves to me that they help my, my blood sugar. Right. right. The rest of the stuff, I don't know if it's just making my expensive really, my pee really expensive or not. But I'm not a doctor, right? And even if I was a doctor, I'm not your doctor, right? So you, I can't, I, I won't tell you how much Berberin I take and I won't tell you what brand I buy. Because I have no knowledge of whether or not that's the best. Right? I haven't, you know, taken ten different brands and tried them all. And, you know, I, I just the only things that I'm confident in telling people about again is how your body works because all of our body works the same way. We don't have the same level of disease, right? But you're not a cow and I'm a lion. We're both humans, and there's a range, right? You might have more or less. Like your pancreas doesn't work at all mind doesn't work well enough right so we're not exactly the same but i'm just saying that so you know fasting and eating low carb i'm really big about and if somebody says you know what all i did was cut back on you know ice cream and you know my diabetes cleared up i celebrate that person i'm happy for them right you someone's a vegan and they're making health progress right I'm happy for them. I, again, you know, we're all needing to work it out, but I really, I really think the way I think, the way I think is portable. The way I think would help anybody. I, yeah, I agree. And I love the way that you think, and I love your honesty too. And I want to, before we come up on time, I want to ask you one question because I, it's been something that I've been thinking about a lot ever since I first talked to you, which is you, you 10, what was it? Eight years, 10 years ago, you lost all the lost weight, all the and then and then you regained it back and then you ended up with diabetes yep. and now you're, you know, on the downswing again, losing weight again, getting your health back again. Do you feel this time is different? No, and I'll explain why in a minute. But so the question what you're asking is, do you think you'll get fat again? Right. And I always tell people, I have no assurances that I can't have it again because I didn't lose weight in a bad way before. 
Now, there are bad ways. I mean, you can go on the celery diet you know, and lose weight. I didn't do that. I, uh, I get, uh, I'm doing things differently than I did before because diabetes was the central issue where before it was just the weight. But life caught up. Two things happened. One, I lost my fear because I was very, it was like, oh my God, I had a bad night in the hospital and it dawned on me. I'm not going to just die. I'm going to live sick. This time was the same thing. My A1C hit 11.2 and it dawned on me, oh my God, I'm going to go blind. That's a primal fear. So when I lost all that weight and I got fit, man, I was so happy. I was so proud of myself, right? People were cheering me on. I got down to large, large. Not only is that a smaller size, it meant I could buy a shirt anywhere. Like just recently, the, the health club I belong to, they're like, oh, we, we haven't given you your shirt. And I'm like, I need a 2X. And they had it. If I said I need a 3X tall, oh, sorry. We only, right? Like 2X is like, you go to Disney, Disney will have 2X shirts, right? Everybody has a large shirt. So, you, you know, um, but ultimately, I can tell you how things won't work more than I can tell you how they will. You know, like, for instance, I'm not, I have not in a stable weight, right? I haven't reached my goal. I can't talk to you from experience what maintenance is like or what you need to do. But I can say something that I know is bad. For instance, doing anything you hate is bad. It's okay to hate it at first, right? But you got to put the work in to love the food. If you are eating diet food, and again, my definition of diet is something designed for a short period of time for a specific result. That won't be sustainable. And therefore, you have to put the work in to not just discipline yourself to not eat Doritos, but you have to find how to cook chicken and steak and salmon and all the good for your foods in a way that you like, right? I hate Brussels sprouts. I've tried them again and again. You know what? I don't have to eat Brussels sprouts, but instead I can eat broccoli. I can eat cauliflower. I can eat spinach, right? But I can't say I don't want to eat vegetables. Well, you can, you can be carnivore, but it's a whole other story. You know, but, but the point is, Am I doing what I hate? No, I am enjoying my life. I, that's what I was talking about, the, how I feel about my stall. Am I frustrated? I am absolutely frustrated when I give myself permission to be frustrated. Because in other words, I'll have the thought and then I'll kick it out. Right? And then I'll remind myself of the other things that are going well. But I'm always riding that line between too much feel good and you stop being motivated and too much feel bad, and now you're overwhelmed and depressed and, and paralyzed, right? So when you're feeling good, sometimes you gotta say, Lee, how long are you gonna be riding the happiness of having lost 50 pounds? Right? It's been four months and you're still saying 50 pounds. Maybe it's time to you just kick it up a notch, right? Or it could be, oh my God, you know, I'm sorry, I can't come up with that, but you know, I, I'm always riding that, that motivation. So the stick and the carrot, stick and the carrot. Um, but I, I didn't get, gain the weight back instantly, you know, uh, and I did wonders for my health. So imagine if I didn't go through that transformation, right? So instead of being 336 pounds, I'd have been like 425, right? 
and I wouldn't have a year's worth of knowledge. I wouldn't have all the skill I learned in cooking and in shopping and all the books I read. I hadn't forgot any of that. So, you know, when I tell people, you know what, I, I kicked this in three months, I did. But that was not starting really from scratch, right? Because I had done other life changes before. So uh, it's, a, it's an excellent question. I, I never try to present myself as I haven't arrived. I don't think I'm ever going to arrive. So far, so far in my adult life, I'm gaining or losing. I've never been at a stable weight. I've gotten fatter and fatter and fatter. I seem to be blessed <laughs> with an infinite ability to get fat. I have not, you know, I have not topped out. I have no idea if there is a top out for me. So I can't speak about stasis because I haven't ever achieved it. I can say that I'm enjoying what I do. Like the whole idea of the, the, the VR headset. I don't tell people because I'm enjoying the VR headset, that's what you should get, right? I'm saying, here's my thinking process. Winter is coming. I have arthritis knees. It's going to be dark and cold and snowy and icy. And I'm going to go months without seeing the sun. And I'm not going to go outside. And there's COVID, so I can't go to the health club. What am I going to do? You can't just stop and say, oh, these are, you know, these are my obstacles. And then I saw something. I'm kind of a nerd, kind of techie, you know. I, I have a little money, so it wasn't like $2.99 was going to break my bank. And I loved it. But maybe your love is Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies. Or, or you're a mall walker. Now COVID has got to a level we can go back to the gym. But the point is, find something that you love to do, or at least like enough. Because again, I, didn't, I don't love the strength training, even now, right? I actually, I pay 200 a month to, to, to this particular program. That's a lot, you know, that, I mean, even for me, that's not like nothing. Yeah. But because I pay it, one, it makes me go twice a week and it's only 20 minutes, right? And I'm so weak that that's enough, right? Like if I was a you know, bigger, stronger, you know, further along, maybe that would be enough. I don't know. But the point is, You've got to solve it for you. You've got to do something that puts you under stress, that makes your muscles build, that you enjoy doing and can do. For me, if I had to go to the health club, that's too big of a hurdle. Right? Because now I gotta change my clothes, I gotta get dressed, I gotta get in the car, I gotta drive and get to the health club where I'm very uncomfortable and I'm really fat and it's not like it's not my scene, and I don't really know how to use the machines, and you know, I don't like displaying my weakness in front of people. You know, it's not my scene. Other people, they don't want to be alone. You know, they, they need to be in a group class or whatever. So I, again, nothing for me is for everybody, but the thinking should be. The thinking is I need to exercise for my health. I need both. I need to aerobics and I need strength. Yep. And what could I like? What could I try? I read three different books on weightlifting to try to find a philosophy because I, you know, I don't know enough about it, you know? So I started educating myself about it. I still don't, I mean, I get, I bought into a program. I don't got to know anything about it. I just show up in the machines <laughs> exercise. But I, that, that is what I believe will keep me going because I love what I'm doing. I'm seeing the progress 
I don't resent what I eat. Our kids are grown. I mean, one of the part, hard parts last time was all the cooking. And, you know, I don't, we don't have to cook for anybody but us. And with the fasting, we only had to do it twice a day. <laughs> you know, so I'm sorry, you asked a short question. I gave you a really, really long answer. But the, the answer is there is no guarantee. But the best thing to do is to make steps to improve your health and to to do the work to find the joy, right? Because if you first eat chicken, skinless chicken breast and salad, you know, it might for a meal or two, but that gets old really quick. But my God, I have a whole cabinet full of spices. I can make that chicken breast taste so many different ways. One of the things I make is a hamburger and eggs. I, I brown the hamburger and I put in jalapenos, bell peppers, uh, mushrooms, always, sometimes onions. And then I might pour in a half a can of, uh, of uh, uh, spaghetti sauce. You know, I get the sugar-free kind or low-sugar kind. Um, I might put curry powder in and, and a little turmeric and make it a Thai dish. I might put uh, a garlic, you know, one of the McCormick, you know, free. I can flavor that in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of putting in a little creativity, you know, what I like is not necessarily what you're going to like, but that does take a little effort. But once I tell people, once you've repopulated your pantry, once you're buying the good foods, it's no harder to make a meal that has fish and, and broccoli and shrimp, you know, whatever. I had this beautiful meal I made. It took 40 minutes from what are we going to have for dinner to this gorgeous meal on the plate? Why? Well, because we've already cooked every one of these things before. Right. We know how to do it. We already had it in the freezer, right? So we didn't have to shop for it. It really isn't any harder. It's only hard because it's not how you've been doing it. Yeah, no, and I, I, you know what I love about your message and I love speaking to you is you really, you know, you do it your way and you recognize that everybody has to do it their way and that's just the way yeah. it has to go. Otherwise it doesn't work. And, um, yeah, it's, it's always such a pleasure to speak to you because that's, that's the message I get from you every, every time we chat. <laughs> well, I and love I, listening to you. You're a good interviewer. Uh, you have a good podcast. Thank you. I'm very happy for you, for your health story. And I think it's great. I mean, like, I don't relate to you at all in terms of like, your problems are my problems. Right. I'm a guy, you're a girl. I'm really fat. You think you're fat. You've never been I'm fat. I'm not. No. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> but, no. But, you know, uh, you're type one. I'm a type two. But I really learn a lot when you share your story. And I listen to you. You're a good interviewer. And I, I just wish you all the success of this because I think you're doing a good thing. Thank you, Lee. And I really want to have you back again because I, I feel like you, as you go through this journey, your mindset changes incrementally as, as you do this. So I really enjoy hearing you, like your update. So Let's awesome. talk again, you know, in another six and months. People can follow my blog. It's less of Lee, less of Lee, like I'm getting smaller, less of Lee.wordpress.com. I, I do put up quite a bit of material and I'm, I'm going to be writing a book. Oh, you uh, are? Yeah, Great. That, that's, well, the people on, the, on the, the Winning Diabetes Together Facebook group, which is sponsored by Kirlin, and I, I mentioned that I do take their herbal product, they... The people have been, oh, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not going to write a book. And then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? 
she's like, you know, I've already got the material. Right? I've been writing all these blog articles. Yeah. Uh, and then I contacted the company and I said, look, I, I'm thinking about doing this. I would only do it if you guys would agree to allow me to build from, you know, this, this group. Cause uh, like no one knows me from anybody, you know? Uh, so, and they, again, they know me. Matter of fact, I'm tomorrow when we talking to them, I'm going to be using one of their ads. I mean, I'm very prolific on their forum. I write more stuff on their forum than I do on my blog. But so with their support, I get that financially supporting, but, but they're going to allow me to say, hey, I'm writing a book and this is the link to go to to, to buy it. And I don't know if it's going to be a book or a, a website or something. But yeah, so stay tuned. Oh, great. And I'll, I'll link your, your, your blog again in the, in the show notes. Great. So that's perfect. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for coming on. And we will be speaking to you again in, in a few months so that we can get more updates from you. All right. Thanks, Lee. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.